Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. I'm Lynn Poindexter, and you're watching the 3B4. Life groups are so important to the life of our church. On Monday, September 18th, Noel and Angela Williamson will begin hosting a new group for couples. They will study Jim and Elizabeth George's book, A Couple After God's Own Heart. The book draws from the George's 40-plus years of marital wisdom and experiences to help couples grow closer together and closer to God. The meetings will be weekly from 6.45 to 8.30 p.m. at the Williamson's home in Delaware City. To learn more, visit ctcde.church slash lifegroups. As we continue in the second part of our series, Acting Out, we are beginning to see more examples of how people boldly stepped into their role in the kingdom. On the weekend of September 30th and October 1st, the message will center on Acts chapter 14, where a man who had been lame all his life was healed. At the close of each service that weekend, in addition to communion, we will take time to have special prayer for anyone who needs a healing from God. We believe these kinds of miracles can still happen today because Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. Please plan to join us on that weekend. Angel Tree is a ministry of prison fellowship that helps distribute Christmas gifts to children who have parents that are incarcerated. It is a ministry our church has participated in for a number of years. This year's kickoff will be the weekend of October 14th and 15th. The tree will be set up in the mall at the Bear Campus, and you can stop by and pick one or more angels. If you would like to serve in this ministry, send an email to lpoindexter at ctcde.church. Thanks for being here today. You can find more information about all of our ministries by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. As we worship together today, our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. Now, let's get ready to worship. Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Are you glad to be in, in the Lord's house today? Are you ready to worship? Welcome to those of you who are worshiping online with us. If you're in-house today, if you're in the building, let's stand together today. And let's begin by celebrating the names of Jehovah. Over the last few weeks, we've started to learn a new song about some of the covenant names of Jehovah. And we're going to sing about those again today. Go! 
Come on and give Him praise today. God, we worship You. The very beginning of that song, the second 
line, the second phrase of the first verse, we sang these words. He speaks into nothing, and darkness goes running. He speaks into nothing, and darkness goes running. Now, if the God who can do that all the way back at creation, if the God who can do that is here with us today, and I have a clue for you, He is, whether you're here with us or worshiping online with us, God is here. Then I'm going to go out on a limb this morning and say, whatever you need from Him, He's more than able to do. Because He speaks into nothing. And darkness goes running. So, God, we call on your names today. Jehovah Nisi, fight our battles. Jehovah Jireh, meet our needs. Jehovah Rapha, heal our bodies. Jehovah Shalom, be our peace. The Lord Most High is here with us today. And God, we thank you that you want a relationship with us. So, Holy Spirit, we invite you to move. While we're together this morning, move in this place. Again, whether we're worshiping in this building or whether we're worshiping online and it's live or it's later on or whenever we're watching this. Holy Spirit, be real to us. Move in us and change us, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen. Well, God bless you. You may be seated. Well, again, we want to welcome you to Christ the Cornerstone. In case you didn't see, we're making preparations outside. Today is our community day picnic, so uh, come back at 12.30, and uh, we'll have a great time. We'll have food and fellowship and games, and there'll be all kinds of stuff going on out there. If you're at home watching us online and you're watching us live, there's still plenty of time after the service to get here by 12.30. Uh, that's when it starts, and we want to invite you to come and be with us for that. If you're new here, uh, whether you're in the room or whether you're worshiping online, welcome. Thank you so much for, for being with us today. Whether it's your first time or maybe you've only been here a few times, uh, we just really want to extend a special welcome to you today. If you're online and you're new, uh, there's a couple of ways you can respond. Up in the upper right-hand corner, there's an I'm new here button. Uh, so you can click that and it will take you to our Connect card. Uh, or you can click the uh, I'm new here button that just popped up in the chat window. Also, if you are uh, new and you're in the building when you leave, uh, out in the mall, you can stop by our Connect Central, and uh, that's a place where you can find out about any and all of the ministries that we have going on at CTC, anything that you can get involved in, anything that you, can, you think would be a benefit to your family, stuff about youth group and small groups and worship ministry and media ministry and, and, and servant ministry and all kinds of things uh, that you can find out about uh, in Connect Central. You'll have a, a, an opportunity to pick up a gift and meet some folks from the church and have some conversation. Right where you're seated or uh, online, there's also a Connect card. You can click on that if you're online. If you're in the room, you can take your Connect card and just let us know that you're here and who's worshiping with you, and uh, we will appreciate that. On that Connect card, you can also communicate with us uh, prayer requests and praise reports. And again, as we say every week, uh, there are groups that meet throughout the week and uh, pray over those needs. So please uh, feel like you can trust us with those. We, uh, especially if they're confidential needs, we don't share them around. And uh, we just make them a matter of prayer. And uh, we want to be able to pray with you and agree with you in prayer for God to do things in your life. Amen? All right. God bless you. Here's Pastor Roger. Good morning, everybody. Wonderful to see all of you here. And welcome. And as Pastor Bill mentioned, today is our community day picnic. So let me encourage you. We, I was just down in the kitchen and the 
Uh, they're, they're cooking barbecue chicken and hot dogs and hamburgers and all kinds of things. So it's all, there's no cost. There's a lot of food. So, um, you know, the Bible story uh, where, where Jesus, uh, where they, he told the parable about the, the banquet that the invited people didn't come to. And then they went out and said, go compel the people, who are, whoever there. We may have to do that this afternoon, uh, but we're going to have a good time. There's a, there's a, uh, uh, I was up at the, our Ellesmere campus uh, the other day. Out in the parking lot, I saw this great big rope about that thick around. And it looks like something they use on a ship. Uh, and uh, I thought, oh, man, that would be a great tug-of-war rope. So they're going to bring that down today. And I see some families here. Wouldn't it be get a, get a family together and, and see who, which family can play tug-of-war or whatever? We're just going to get a real relaxed time, uh, fellowship, get something to eat. And uh, we've got cornhole. Just, just a, a relaxed day, afternoon. Uh, somebody told me it's going to rain this afternoon, but that's going to wait until after the picnic, after it's all over. So we're glad, we're glad for that. And it's a beautiful day right now. So come back or uh, or or hang around and uh, and just wait for that uh, at about 12:30 today. And it's good to good to be together. Uh, you know, at Christ the Cornerstone, we have some things that we do. We love God, we serve God. And we want to engage our community with the message of the good message of Jesus Christ. He gives love to all people and saves us uh, from all our sins and the hope of everlasting life. He gives us purpose to live our lives here and now. We don't have to wait until we die for that to, uh, to become a reality in our lives. By our trust in Jesus Christ, we experience that now and forever. That's what we're here for. So we encourage you to... To, to worship, to experience God's love in your own life, to, to, to love God back, to serve God, to use the gifts and abilities, the passions, the talents, the, the spiritual gifts that God has given to you in service to others as we engage the world with this great message of Jesus Christ. And uh, God will take care of the results. We also want to give generously, and giving is part of the work, the, the trust, the way that we show our trust in God. And we have many scriptures that, that we, uh, there are about 26 scriptures that we read, one each, each week. It takes about a year to, uh, you know, each, each, uh, get through one uh, twice a year. So here's one of the scriptures. I'd like us to read this together just as a reminder that we can trust in God for all things. Let's read this together. It says, They even did more than we hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord... And then to us, just as God wanted them to do. Seek first the kingdom of God, and God will take care of all the rest. Well, let's get back to worshiping God. Let's stand together, and and, uh, let me offer this prayer as we continue to worship God this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to be able to come into your presence this morning. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the beautiful sunshine. Thank you for the people of God gathering together. Where two or three are gathered, there you are in their midst. You are here. We recognize you this morning, God. We honor you. We worship you. We praise you. We sing these songs as part of our ability to connect with you. So whether we're singing along or whether we're just listening to the music, Lord, impress your presence upon us today. Open our ears that we may hear what you have for us to hear, that you, what you have to say to us today. 
we trust you. And then give us the strength and the courage to follow you and to do as you teach us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The King of all kings and the Lord of all lords is here with us today. We've already talked about that. About how the God of the universe is here with us today. We worship Him. The King is in the room. Come see the skies of love upon His hands. The King is in the room. We'll watch the darkness flee at His command. Who is this King? Who is this King? His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Light of the world. There's freedom in His name. Awesome in power. Reigning forever. Light of the world. There's freedom in His name. The healers in the room. Let miracles break out across this place. Oh, the saviors in the room. No soul beyond the boundaries of His grace. There's resurrection power in His name. Light of the world. 
Thank you, Lord. Light of the world, there's freedom in your name. Awesome in power, reigning forever. Light of the world, there's freedom in his name. We sang from the beginning of the service today about the names of Jehovah. The names of their sin. We talked about that. We talk about this all the time, about songs that we sing that tell us, remind us about the names of Jehovah. And they're not just names, they're titles, they're jobs, they're offices, they're things that he does. The psalmist said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And we could stop right there because there's a period after that sentence. But it goes on to say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And when we think about the love that he has shown us, we think about the awesomeness of His power. And we think about the fact that He reigns forever. I don't know about you, but sometimes it just brings me to a point of falling on my knees in worship.
God, we surrender ourselves to you today, everything about us. Several months ago during our series on corporate worship, we talked about some of the things that we do in corporate worship, lifting our hands, kneeling, or singing songs, fellowshipping together. One of the things that we do in corporate worship is, as you just experienced in this last song, we have times where there's a little bit of a longer instrumental break that gives us an opportunity to respond to what we have been singing, not to just run over it and run past it, but to give you an opportunity to sing a song from your heart that maybe you want to thank God for the love that he's given you that makes you want to fall on your knees and worship him. So whether you want to come to the altar and do that, whether you want to stay right where you are, whether you want to, if you're self-conscious about the sound of your voice, then don't sing it out loud, but just Again, this is not a requirement, but it's just something that we do to provide. It's something that the songwriters do when they write these songs to give you an opportunity to respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing in you. And so as we spend time in worship together, the one thing that 
we talked about in that series several months ago is that even though we're in a corporate worship service and we're all here in this room together or we're worshiping online, we believe that every single individual has an opportunity to encounter the living God one-on-one. Because God is way more powerful than we could ever ask or imagine, and He is able to meet us individually because He's everywhere. And so, God, today, our hearts are full, filled with gratitude today. And, Lord, sometimes our response is just that we want to throw back our head and throw up our hands and sing hallelujah. Because that's the only way we can respond to your goodness. All my words fall short. I've got nothing new. How could I express all my gratitude? I could sing these songs as I often do, but every song must
children come forward as we bless them. Let's give another praise to God for, for our children and for his presence among us today. We thank you. We thank you, God, for all these young ones who are with us today. Thank you, Jesus, for being present with us today. Let's, let's, let's lay, lay our hands upon our children and bless them this morning. Father, we thank you for these young ones and for the, for, for, for the faith that they have in you today that is the seed of the faith that they will have in you tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. We lift up our hands and praise to you for them. We send them, God, to their class, to their group, praying, God, that you will be with the, the leaders who are with them. They will have your presence just as we are in your presence right here, right now. Thank you. Bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Some places we talk about acting out as a negative thing, but in this series we're talking about acting out as being a very good thing and that Jesus calls us to learn to be his student, to be his follower. He is our teacher. Anybody here a teacher? I know we've got some teachers in the room. And teachers, you expect the students not just to grasp information, but to do something with it. Learning changes our Lives. Jesus came to change our lives. So in this series, acting out, playing our part in the kingdom of God. And we're not just, we're, 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 not, we're not playing as, as in something that is unimportant. But, and then again, let me get back to children. We, we, we talk about children playing. A child's play is a child's work. That's important. And children need to be creative. Children need to be active. Children need to be expressing themselves. And that is the work that they have to do. And just as our God is a creative God, you were created in God's image, the, the image of a creative God. Your work is your part of God's image in your life. So working is your creative ability 
And therefore, you are expressing the identity of God when you go to work. Do you remember that when you go to work? (laughs) I pray that it's a positive experience for you when you do go to work. Because I know we we all have to put up with a lot of things. All right, playing our part in the kingdom of God, we do that out in the world. This uh, Thursday night, I sent out a text message and, and a phone call, uh, and then on Friday morning or afternoon, I sent out an email message, and if you didn't get either one of those things, a text message or a phone call or an email, some of us get all three of them, and sometimes when that text goes out and you're in a home with somebody else, who's, we have the, everybody's phone's going off all at the same time, and it happens in my house, oh, that's just, it's just me, don't worry about it. I'm calling myself, uh, but you know that happens all the time. Uh, but if we don't, ha- if you don't get those and you want them, please make sure that we have an accurate uh, cell phone number or an accurate uh, email address, accurate phone number. And also, if you know that we have your email address and you're still not getting them, check your spam. But it's, it just has an inspirational message, and, and it's one of the ways that we communicate and stay connected, and that's also why we, we push every Sunday filling out the Connect card uh, and making sure that we have uh, current and accurate information. This last weekend, the, the, or the, a couple of days ago when I sent it out, I asked the question, or it was at least on this theme, what is your purpose? That was the theme. We're, we're, we're looking at that today. What is your purpose? I want to read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 12. It won't be on the screen. This is a paraphrase uh, of Ephesians 11, 1 and 12 uh, from Eugene Peterson, uh, a paraphrase that he made of the Bible called The Message. And this is how he translates those, uh, those verses. It says, it is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Let me say that again. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and why we're here. In other words, our identity and our purpose is all wrapped up in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And if we're trying to live life outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ... We're trying to fulfill a purpose that's different than the one for which we were created. There might be some similarities. But until we find our life in Christ, we're not living in the fullness of life that we're intended to live. Your purpose and your identity. God created us all to live in Him. So it says, it is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Get this next phrase. Long before, long before we heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on you. You ever, you ever go someplace, meet somebody, and, then, and, and realize they were anticipating you? They were expecting you. Stephen and Debbie Scholes, our friends from England, are here working at our Ellesmere campus now. The first time they flew over here, just about a year ago, to spend time with us, I had the responsibility of meeting them at the Philadelphia airport. If you know me... No, shh. 
on time for me is on time. But it's not unusual for me to miss the on time. I intended to be early to the airport so that I was in the luggage area before them. And, and it's not my fault. <laughs> there, there was more construction than I anticipated, but we live, you know, we're going to Philadelphia. Who, who doesn't anticipate construction? Me. And then their flight had a tailwind, and so their flight was early. So by the time I got to the airport, they had already gotten their luggage. They had already been looking for me. And, and, and I walked in, and, and, and it was empty there. And I thought, uh-oh. And, I mean, the, the, the luggage area was empty. Stephen and Debbie were nowhere to be found. I thought, oh, well, they're still, they're, they're still coming through customs or, or whatever. And uh, so I just sat down to wait. And pretty soon they come down the staircase uh, and they see me and they said, oh, you weren't here. So we went back up there. We thought maybe you were someplace else. And I said, Sorry. you know, finally, they were eager to see that I did show up <laughs> to receive them. Now, uh, they were here back in June again. I was on time. I mean, I was early. And they, were, they just arrived uh, again on uh, September 8th to spend time with us again. And I was there before they were there. Yes, Woo-hoo. Roger can learn, Roger can grow, Roger can improve. Sometimes. Long before we heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us. He's not going to show up late. Thank you, Jesus. And He has designs on us. He has a design, a plan, a strategy for our glorious living. Now, whenever you read the word glory in Scripture, it doesn't refer to... to, It it refers to a, a, a shining, glowing presence. And it always refers to the divine presence. And here is, is, what is this, grammarians? Is this, a, is this an adjective, glorious living? An adverb? I don't know. Living is a, forget it. It describes the kind of living, but what's this, what is the standard for that living that Christ allows us to live in? It's the standard of God. Glorious. Hallelujah. We just experience the presence of God here among us through our singing. Your beautiful singing. Did you hear yourselves? Thank you, Jesus. That's glorious. Not because your singing is good, but because it reflects the presence of God among us. Glorious. So you were designed for glorious living, expressing and revealing to others the glory and the identity and the character and the quality of God. 
And part of the overall purpose that He is working out in everything and everyone. Let me read that paraphrase altogether without stopping for comment this time. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard Christ, heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us. He had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, He is, he is working out in everything and everyone, God has a plan for you. Young person. Old person. Pardon the harsh language. <laughs> God has a plan for you. So today's message is about listening to God and experiencing and discovering and hearing and understanding the plan that God has for us. You have a purpose, but in order to get that, you've got to have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ in order to know and to live that out. That's the invitation today. Let's go to Acts chapter 13 and learn something about hearing God through the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 5 says, Among the prophets and the teachers of the church in Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Manaean, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and they were fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and more prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went down to the seaport of Seleucia and then sail, sailed for the island of Cyprus. There... In the town of Salamis, they went to the Jewish synagogues and preached the Word of God. John Mark went with them as their assistant. So let's back up a little bit and, 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 and talk about who's involved in this. They're, 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 first of all, they're in Antioch of Syria. This is not Jerusalem. This is a city, maybe, I don't know, 90 miles north of Jerusalem. And a modern-day city today, I don't know if it's still called Antioch, but there's still a city there today in what is modern-day Syria even today. Barnabas. Named as a prophet, we've, we've studied Barnabas in the past in this series. Barnabas the encourager. This man that sees things in other people and calls it out. Says, you have a gift for this. Or you're going through a difficult day. Come on, don't get discouraged. Don't stop. Keep going. God has a plan for your life. Barnabas. God calls some of us to be Barnabas to others. And all of us have had a Barnabas in our lives. And all of us need a Barnabas in our lives. Barnabas. Simeon called the black man. Lucius from Cyrene. It's possible that Lucius... Now, some people, scholars have tried to, to connect this name Lucius with the gospel writer Luke, the, the apostle of Jesus. But it's kind of a, kind of a weak connection. But here's, here's one thing that we do know. We know that Luke, who wrote the gospel of Luke, was a doctor, a medical doctor, a physician. 
We know that this Lucius was uh, from Cyrene. Cyrene was a place where, where they had a, a well-known medical college. <laughs> it was the second best, according to, to, to scholars at that time. So it's possible that this could be Luke, but uh, it, it, it might not be. Anyway, Manan is the next a prophet and teacher of the synagogue. Notice that these are all men of the of the Jerusalem of the Jewish synagogue in Antioch. They're all leaders. They're all they're all equipped. They're all prepared. They all have different skills, different abilities. They're all playing their part in the kingdom of God. Just like God is calling all of us. And here's Manan, a childhood companion of King Herod Antipas. Who's King Herod? He's the ruler of the region. And here's a childhood friend. I remember a, a, we all have childhood friends. We, we like to be connected with them. And if, and if each of us has a childhood friend who, who rises to prominence somewhere, we kind of like to use that, right? And some of us may still even have connections with those kind of childhood friends. I mean, President Biden here in Delaware. Some of us may have personal connections with Joe Biden. Some of us may have influence with him uh, in, a, in that you can affect the, the ruling of this nation because of your relationship with Joe Biden. Now here's Manan. He's got a, a, he's, he's at least a childhood friend. Now there's a reason why that's named in the Bible, and I suspect that reason is because Manan still has a connection with Herod that is useful for the gospel. I remember a childhood friend. Now, he doesn't have great influence in the world, but he lived across the street from me. He was the same age. His birthday was May 2nd. He was born the same year I was. And uh, we grew up together. We went to rode the bus, school bus together. We had classes together. When I moved, when family moved out of the town, we our families stayed connected together. When he was about 15 or 16, he got a job in, in a little uh, uh, sporting goods store on Court Street. And it was a family-owned sporting goods store in, on Court Street, just a, a little street along the Susquehanna River in Binghamton, New York. You go in there and you could buy canoes and tents and fishing poles and guns and ammunition. It was a sporting goods store run by this little family who lived in the neighborhood. He stayed with that business. He stayed with that family. He's still with that business. You know that business as Dick's Sporting Goods. Wow. Kind of cool, isn't it? Well, I know Kevin. We don't have a good friendship. I don't you know. You know, I know his sisters and, and, and his family. And, and when his when his mother passed away a couple of years ago, we, we were connected at that time. And I've never called Kevin up to say, hey, Kevin, can you give me a deal on, on a kayak or something like that at Dick's Sporting Goods? And, you know, now he's moved with the family to Pittsburgh, which is where the, where the, the world headquarters for Dick's Sporting Goods is. I am a childhood friend of Kevin who works for Dick's Sporting Goods. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Doesn't give me anything. But we think about those connections. That's Manan. He's got these connections. And it means something to him. And then there's Saul, who we talked about, the, the, the persecutor of Christians who was confronted by the person of Jesus, 
transformed. And all the character that is in Paul that, that moves him to be skillful in, in killing Christians, now all that same character gets brought into the task that he has to co- communicate the truth of Jesus to others so that they come to know Him and His love and His forgiveness. Here's the murderer who becomes the healer and the proclaimer of the Savior of all people. These men, they gathered together along with John Mark. And we've talked about John Mark too. Along with John Mark who... If you read the, if you read farther into the cha- into this chapter, you'll see that he, they get to some place and then John Mark leaves, and that just so disappoints Paul and, and splits things up. But this is who's there. What are they doing? They're worshiping God. What does worship look like back then? It kind of looks like the way it does today. Because in every culture, in, in, in every religion, people worship, the, worship their God, whoever that is, in similar ways. They, they read Scriptures. They listen to Scriptures that are written, whatever their Scriptures may be. In ours, the Psalms, they were using the Psalms. They were reading the, the law of God, the instructions of God. When they would gather together, here's how we live the life. And they were using music throughout almost every religion uses music. Why? Because we as human beings <laughs> express the things that, are, uh, that, that can't be expressed with thoughtful words. We're given other creative ways to express what we're feeling and what we're thinking. And that's, we do that through music and other creative arts. Just like today. I think, and, and they were listening to God as well. And I think of the Quakers. And if, if you know anything about the, the Quakers, you know that, uh, that it may be slightly different today, but the principle is the same. When the Quakers get together for, for, their, for their gatherings, they read Scripture, and then they all sit down, and nobody says a thing until somebody is moved to speak. And they wait. And then somebody stands up and gives a word that is intended to encourage everybody. I was, when I was in seminary many years ago, I uh, did an internship with another pastor. And she told me about, before she was a pastor, she went on an interview uh, with a man she didn't know, but he was a Quaker. So it was his job to interview her. She went into the interview prepared to answer all kinds of questions and have a good conversation. She went into the interview. He welcomed her. He invited her to take a seat. And he took a seat. And he sat down and he closed his mouth. And they just looked at each other. And she looked back at him. And he looked at her. And she looked at him. She had the presence of mind to say, hmm, this is probably part of the interview. I should probably just relax and see what happens. For 30 minutes, they sat there. 
How many of us, many of us probably would have gotten out and say, I am not going to work for this guy. And we would have left. In their worship, they sat there and they waited until God spoke. And they waited for God. I think in our worship, we need to remember to keep it simple. And what I want to focus on today is is the skill that we all need to learn of listening to God. And don't complicate things. I am a good thinker. I am a great overthinker. And I can complicate things. I get it from my dad. Let's blame our parents. (laughs) Remember my dad? He was a farmer. You know, somebody wanted a farm story. My dad... My dad wanted to make farming as efficient as possible, so he would create these things. He'd take this old plow over here, and he'd hook it up to the tractor. He'd take off this plow here, but he'd keep the structure that was holding the plows, and he'd weld this other piece onto it and this piece onto it and a wheel here and a disc here. And and what he was trying to create something that could lay down plastic and and, and then put the dirt on the edges of it, and then he needed some kind of a machine to pick that plastic back up without just taking the plastic and leaving the dirt. And he ended up making some kind of contraption that was so complicated it didn't work. (laughs) I get that trait from my dad. (laughs) Thank you, Dad. I love you. We need to keep it simple. God created you to be able to perceive, to be able to hear, to be able to understand who God, your Creator, is. Jesus Christ came so that we can know God. Jesus came to reveal God in His His most full expression. In the person of Jesus Christ. So that we can have a relationship with this God who still speaks to us. And then God gives us His Holy Spirit. In this book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, which started our series many weeks ago. The Holy Spirit came upon all the people who had faith in Jesus Christ. And as we look through this book of Acts, we continue to see the Holy Spirit being given to new people. And the Holy Spirit is still here today being given to us. Listen to the Holy Spirit, but don't complicate it. And in this passage, we see the body of believers coming together. They're worshiping God and they're fasting. They're taking time to deny themselves of something. Why? In order that their fasting will cause their hunger to, to increase. And, and, it, and our fasting, whether it's from food or whether it's from something else, we choose to deny ourselves one thing in order that our hunger can be increased. And we take that hunger, that desire to be satisfied, and we turn it to God and we say, God, I'm hungering for you. Take away the hunger that's in my stomach and let me know you. Let me see you. Let me hear you. I need you in my life. That's what fasting is for. And so they worshiped. They were fasting. While they were doing that, they heard the Holy Spirit say, send a a, a point Barnabas and Saul to go out for me. Now, I don't, how, how do we hear those kinds of messages? How do we hear them in a group? There are times in some, some traditions where, where they're standing together and, and somebody in the congregation that's worshiping there will, will just stand up and the pastor will acknowledge them and, say, and that person may say, I, I believe I have a word from God to benefit everybody here. 
and they'll speak it. Now, the pastor is in charge of that worship experience. That's part of the role of the pastor. And it's part of the pastor's job to to keep order in that worship experience. And so the pastor has to discern, has to be quick, has to be understanding to know whether is this word helpful to the body or is this word better used in another place. And the pastor can decide, okay, yeah, go ahead and speak the word. Or, hey, you know what, that's kind of causing some confusion. Let's, Let's set that to the side for a minute. But it, but, but it gets confirmed by others in the body. That's what we see happening here in, the, in this book. They're worshiping together. They're fasting. They're saying, God, we need to hear you. God speaks. I don't know if God spoke in an audible voice that all, all of them heard at the same time. I don't know if God spoke to one of them. And they said, I believe the Lord is saying to us. But the God, God spoke and somehow it was received. And they let it be known among them. And it got confirmed. But look what they did next. They continued, after they heard the message from God, they continued to fast and they continued to worship. And I think that's, 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 that's instruction to us or it's modeling for us how to hear God speaking to us. We need to be saying these things, these impressions, these thoughts, these, these directions that God gives to us and, and bounce them off one another and say, does this sound like something God would be saying to you? Is it consistent with the, with the Scriptures? Is it consistent with God's character? And are there others who are, who are hearing this also? We experienced this in our church about a year ago. I already mentioned Stephen and Debbie Scholes from England. And uh, I invited them. I've known Stephen for, for nearly 20 years, but we're not good friends. And we never have been good friends. We're becoming better friends, getting to know each other each other better. But I, I had heard him preaching in various places in, in the past 20 years. And, and, kind of connect, and, and I did invite him to one of my churches in New York when I was pastoring up there. And I thought, I think that he can come here and he can bless us. So I invited him to come. That first Sunday that he was here almost a year ago, uh, we planned uh, to, to take him to some mutual friends that we have up back in New York. Pastor Vaughn was going to travel with us. And so he, he preached here on that Sunday morning last October. And, and we went to Cracker Barrel for lunch. And we were talking uh, 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 we're just talking. And I don't remember the, the subject specifically, but I remember that during that conversation, these words came out my mouth. Hey, Stephen and Debbie, why don't, you, why don't you leave your home in England and come and live here with us and give leadership to Christ the Cornerstone at our Ellesmere campus? We need some good leadership there. And I stopped. I said, what did I say? What a harebrained idea. You, you just hired a guy that you don't know to leave and, and invited him to leave his family. He hasn't even had an opportunity to talk with his wife about it, who was sitting at the table with us. And my next words were, we haven't prayed about that. So, so I put it out there on the table and then I kind of like, you know, hmm, let's draw this back a little bit. I had not talked with the elders of Christ the Cornerstone yet. And I knew that I was stepping out on a limb. 
in order to make that kind of a statement, that kind of an in, invitation without even, without even a hint of saying anything to any of the elders of this church who, to whom I am responsible. And what kind of an impact is this going to have on the church if we do this? Will it work? So that was Sunday. We, we went through. I said, we've got to pray about this. Pastor Vaughn was at that table. We all agreed that it seemed like a good idea. And Stephen and Debbie were there, and they said, yeah, let's, 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 let's consider that. Let's pray about that, but we're, we're going to hold off on an answer. Tuesday morning, I got back to the office, and I called Gwen, one of our, one of our elders, and I said, Gwen, I've got to tell you about a conversation that we, I had. Something I said, and you know, Gwen knows me. What did you say, Roger? <laughs> and I had had confidence that Gwen would understand, but it's still it's risky to, to to go to the people who are in authority over you and say, "This is what I've done." So I told her. She said, "All right." Well, we have an elders meeting coming up this Saturday. Let's just present them with the idea and we'll tell them. I had a good, good, good sense in my heart that still felt like a good idea. So that next Saturday, the elders got together at their regular meeting. And I told them how this came about. And they had just met Stephen and Debbie. And, and Gwen and I talked about it. And I, and I was just open and honest with them. This is what I'm sensing. This is what I'm hearing. Is this God working or is it somebody, somebody else? And I said, what, let's take some time to pray about this. And at our next elders' meeting, we'll revisit this idea. All of them said, no, we don't need to revisit it. Let's do it. Thank you, Jesus. And so we, so we made plans, and Stephen and Debbie felt that confirmation also, and so we made plans. Okay, and then they came back this past June for three weeks to work at Ellesmere. They got set up so that this... So now they came back on September 8th, a few days ago, and they're up at Ellesmere right now. And, and they've started Alpha. And so our ministry together with them is progressing. It's moving. God is blessing. I think that's a good illustration of this verse of what's happening. And I don't want you to think, oh good, we're in a church where the pastor does that. I want to be in church where you do that. All of us are listening to God so that we can play our part in the kingdom of God confidently. And that's why, that's why we love, serve, and engage. We connect with one another. After the service last night, I talked with a young man who, who, who's, who, who is in a transition in his life. And he's lost some of the significant people. He needs to be connecting with other men who have gone through similar experiences. So, because, because that's one of the things he's lost. Faithful, wise men in his life. That's why we have out on the table in there a section of the, uh, of the table out there dedicated to, to life groups. Because you can't live life, this Christian life, alone. And it's not enough to just come gather together with everybody at Christ the Cornerstone to worship. You've got to be, have a group of people that you can talk with about the things that you're facing in life. And there are many opportunities so stop at the table out there and discover some of the opportunities that you have to connect with other people who can help you walk this life together.
They heard the Holy Spirit through worship. They kept it simple. When the Holy Spirit spoke, someone heard it. They perceived it. They shared it with one another. They continued to worship. They continued to pray. They continued to fast. And then they got to work. They put what God was saying into action. And if you have a sense of what God is telling you to do and you say, God, I'm not going to do it, you're not going to stop God in this world. God's just going to find somebody else. But what you will do is you will miss the blessing of having served God and God working powerfully in your life. Uh, I've got some pamphlets that uh, some people uh, have, and I want you to pass out those pamphlets now if you haven't already passed them out. If you'll just, uh, and, and it's a little brochure that, that has this heading on it, uh, acting out. This is, this is you know, sticking in the theme with drama. This is our casting call. This is an opportunity in these next, next few weeks. You'll have an opportunity, and I, I want you to receive this today, but I don't want you to turn it in today. I want you to take it home and I want you to pray about this and think about it. What is God asking you to do in ministry here at Christ the Cornerstone? And, and I've, I've got a copy of it here, so let me, let me show you how it works a little bit. Put my notes down there. So each one, take one. You can open it right up so it's an eight and a half by 11 page. And uh, on the, once you get it opened, on the, on, you see all kinds of little tasks, little things that that you can engage and you can serve here at Christ the Cornerstone. Why? So that other people can experience the life-changing love of Jesus. That's what we're here to do together. And as you look over this thing, I want you to check off the things. Hey, I have that ability. Oh, that would be fun to do. I can do that. I can help others experience God's love by doing that. Even though nobody's going to see me do it, it might be shampooing these carpets around Christmas time or whatever, whatever it might be so the space looks good. It might be coming in once, once a year, a couple times a year to dust the corners that, that, are, that don't get dusted at certain times so that we can, we can worship and love God. It might be operating one of the cameras. Look, there's a camera right over here that doesn't have anybody sitting at it. We need somebody to learn how to use that camera and sit at that camera and, 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 so, and take a good picture of me. One of the things I want us to do is, is have people taking pictures, uh, close-ups of your face. Or, or you send me a selfie that you're proud of so that we can put it in our little database so that we can get to learn names more quickly. If you like photography, check that little thing. What I want you to do is check all the things that, that you know you can do and you're willing to do for the kingdom of God. But then over on the final, if you open it up over on the far right column, where it says, what can you do? It says, list your top three. And over all the things that you know you can do, what are the top three three things that you would enjoy doing for in ministry at Christ the Cornerstone? And then fill out those things. Tear that off. It's perforated. Look at that. That's awesome. It's got a perforation there so it can tear easily. And then you rip it off. And you put it in the little basket where we put our offerings and our prayer cards and things like that and just turn it in. And one of our staff is going to just remember this so that when we need somebody, we know who to call. And you're not making a commitment to, 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 to do it necessarily. You're just saying, hey, I'd be willing to do that if I got the time. And when you need it, give me a call. That's all I'm asking you to do. To serve 
God. To act out your part in the kingdom of God. I want to get back to fasting also. i got to do this quick because we're running out of time. We saw these people fast. And I mentioned, well, well you know, we've been living as, as a United Methodist Church for the last couple of years in this idea of do we, do we disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church. And as a congregation, we came together and we decided that it's time for us to no longer be identified as a United Methodist Church. And, and the agreement that we made with the annual conference in this area is that when we disaffiliate, we will pay not for our buildings, not for our property, but there are some expenses that they were counting on us to pay for in the future and some expenses that we had already agreed to pay for. And so we've got to, we've got to make good on that promise that we've made to them. The amount of that payment is right around $400,000. Now, in order to pay for that, we have applied to a, to a government program, not for the government to help us out, but it's a program that the government has in place because of COVID to help businesses out that have, that have kept their employees through COVID, and now those businesses can get a refund for, for taxes that we have paid. So we have applied for that refund, and we are absolutely confident that we will get that money. And it will far more than pay the $400,000 that we owe to the conference. So there's that stack of money that is coming to us that we're counting on. And we're trusting God for that. We're, we're, I'm calling a fast <laughs> to show God we're relying on Him to bring that money to us. And we're trusting that. Remember the story that, that uh, Jesus, uh, disciples said to Jesus, Caesar wants his taxes... The tax collectors over here, Jesus says, go over to the lake, pull out a fish in the fish. There's a gold coin in his mouth. Give that coin to Caesar. And they do. Here's the gold coin in the fish's mouth. The fish is on the hook. We got the net ready. Here's the problem. And this is not a desperate plea. We don't know the timing of that fish giving us the gold coin. We've made a commitment that the $400,000 has to be paid by December 10th of this year. And if it's not, the, it's an, uh, the, the deal is we're still the United Methodist Church. We can't get out. So we know the money's coming. The only hitch is when are we going to get that money from the, 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 the refund. So what we're asking people to do is if, if you have the ability to give a, a large gift to the church knowing that it will get repaid to you after we receive that money within six to nine months. If you have the ability to give a large gift to Christ the Cornerstone, we'll repay that after we get the money from the government. Sometimes it was six to nine months from now. I want to call it a loan, but it's a loan. <laughs> a bridge loan. And if you can participate in that, we're asking you to do that. We need $400,000. We've already had 90000 committed to us. Praise God. We're a quarter away there. Thank you, Jesus. So if you want to participate in that, just, just let us know. But I'm calling us to fast. On Thursday nights... Eat your supper on Thursday night, and then don't eat again until supper time on Friday night. 
So mostly during the night on Thursday night and then Friday morning, uh, spend some extra time praying. And I don't care what you fast from. You could fast, you, you could fast from turkey. <laughs> you could fast from fish. You could fast from all meals. Don't recommend fasting from water. We have to stay hydrated. And if fasting from food is, is dangerous for your own health, don't do it. Don't go to your doctor and say, my pastor told me to fast. <laughs> be wise. Listen to the Holy Spirit. But let's be in prayer until we see God providing this. I believe that God's going to provide this before December 10th. So then we can, we can give the money right back immediately. We'll pay interest if that's what you need. If you're taking money out of a savings account that you're expecting to get such and such percent interest, we'll write out, we'll write out an agreement and we'll return that to you with the interest so that you don't learn any interest. But we've got to make sure that this money gets paid by December 10th. It's easy, right? We're a quarter of the way there. Thank you, God, for that. Anyway, we've got to pray. We've got to worship God. Now let's get back to fasting and praying. My invitation to you this morning is trust in Jesus Christ. He is the one who gives us purpose. Let me, let me read that verse again. It is in Christ that we find who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eyes on us. Had designs on us for glorious living and part of the overall purpose He is working out in everything and everyone. Do you trust that? Are you willing to follow Jesus? Let's stand together as the team leads us in song and and let's let that be our prayer. So I invite you to come and kneel here and pray or others are at the prayer station. Someone will be glad to pray with you. Whatever your prayer is, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy that you give to us. Come be with us as we continue to worship you. Speak to us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you get ready to go this morning, we just want to encourage you that the altar area is open. If you need prayer, if you want to pray by yourself, you can come and pray right here. If you need someone to pray with you, there are folks back at the prayer stations. As Pastor said, we have the the, uh, mall is filled with tables where you can stop by and see, uh, investigate opportunities that you have to serve uh, the kingdom of God as it relates to Christ the Cornerstone. So again, this area is up here. Uh, it is open for prayer. You can go to the prayer station. If you're online, uh, you can still meet with some folks. Don't forget about our picnic this afternoon at 1230. We'd love to see you come and be with us. Father, we pray that as we go today, that your spirit would go with us and encourage us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Have a great week.